electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Market Moving Insight and Analysis. Join Jim Cramer, David Faber, and me, Carl Quintanilla, on the opening bell hour of CNBC Squawk on the Street. Good Friday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer, David Faber. Stocks look to ratify yesterday's huge upside reversal as Russia now indicates it is willing to send a delegation to Minsk for talks about Ukraine. Couple that with some decent eco data in the 10 years back above two, VIX below 30. Let's get to the latest out of Ukraine as Russian forces continue to advance on Kyiv. Ukrainian President Zelensky says at least 137 people were killed during the first day of the invasion. But this new headline from Russia says they are now ready to send a delegation to Minsk, leading to that big reversal for futures, Jim. You always got to take these things with a grain of salt. But there have been reports on their army uh, suffering some setbacks overnight. Yeah, I mean, I they haven't sent the tanks in yet, so their setbacks are are minimal, I think. I, you, you can envision a scenario, which the stock market would like, but I think as an American uh, believing that freedom matters, you wouldn't like, which is that uh, the Russians are on the outskirts of Kiev. This is not the, the Germans on the outskirts of Moscow where they couldn't get it. This is the Ru- Russians on the outskirts, and they can basically move in at will, uh, put in a new government, and then the Chinese come in and say, look, you know what, we'd like to broker a peace treaty between the former government and the new government. And David, you know, these are the kinds of things that uh, Putin, who is undeterred by anything, could easily do. And that's why I think that, you know, fight the quality over an idea that this would all be solved by the weekend. Rather Unexpected. I'm not yes. sure what that means for the leadership in Ukraine right now. They, they, in they go. They leave. They, they put in a puppet government, not unlike right. what the Russians did in, in Afghanistan. Uh, although I have to tell you that outcome could be the same. I don't think Ukraine is just going to say, you know what, we're done. Right. So then is there a counterinsurgency well, that goes an, on for you have an occupation. Of time? You have an, an occupation. occupation. Right. Um, specific, though, to the market action that we've seen, not just this morning with those headlines, as Carl pointed out, reversing would look to be a down open. Right. Uh, now we obviously can see otherwise. Yesterday, I mean, that move in the NASDAQ, 6.8% top to bottom. 6.8%. You hadn't seen a day like that since a number of days, of course, in March of 2020. Uh, as we entered the pandemic. Well, well, a lot of short covering. Uh, most of the companies that report are actually pretty good numbers. Uh, there has been a historic contraction of multiples here, David. So when you start thinking, well, maybe Pal doesn't have to move so aggressively, when you start thinking that maybe there's some signs that inflation uh, could peak, because remember, everyone's calling for 120 oil. Oil, oil may I know, but I mean, yesterday you had some people saying, yeah, they're buying these stocks in part because rates were down a bit. Of course, today that's well, not the case. We've got the 10-year back above 2%. Buying, because they're down 40%, 50%. The, the sh- they've shredded the market. Carl, the losses in the market are so horrendous that people don't want to hear about the market anymore. Uh, it, that's, it that's exactly B of A's point today. 76% of the NASDAQ in a bear market. That's amazing. 51% of the S&P in a bear market. Now, their view still is Fed's tightening into what they think is a rollover of the consumer. They say sell the rips. 
Well, and B of A has been pretty cautious for a while. Uh, yes, they have. Look, uh, you take a look. Take a look at a Dollar General is upgraded today by Wells. You know why? Well, because of the strapped consumer. We keep hearing in all these calls the headwinds of stimulus being over. Okay, that matters tremendously. And you know, David, there. Uh, inflation itself is making it so that I believe purchasing power is now yet double digits. Purchasing power for the working person is declining, which means that discretionary pur- purchases will decline. That's right. what happens if you And don't. that's the interesting back and forth here, of course, because we know wages have gone up for the average working person. But, but unfortunately, to your point, not necessarily their purchasing power right. as a result of the insidiousness of inflation. Yes. And so will it continue is the question, Jim, and how much will it take from the Fed to snuff it out, particularly because of the impact potentially of of what we're talking about in Ukraine, Uh, snarling supply chains even further, Uh, lifting oil and uh, and energy prices even higher. Look, I, I don't think it's going away until the Fed raises a lot, because what happened is we got this moment in time where you realized you could put through price increases. Uh, and there's no resistance. And that's just, th- that's a cycle. You have to break it. You have to make it so you can say to your supplier, hey, listen, you know what? We're not taking that product. And we're just not there. I know the housing companies have done very good. They said, listen, we're not going to build a lot of homes because we can't get the product. I mean, this is one of those things where uh, try getting a Whirlpool. So you're, if you're a home, like Toll Brothers deliberately slowed the process because they're not going to pay the price. And Somebody is standing up. But right now, if you want to put through a 40% price increase, you wake up today and say, you know what, I'm going to put the, the resistance is nil. But how long can that last? Well, is, is oil uh, a cautionary lesson then? Where you got, I mean, month to date, XLE is kind of flirting with negative territory now Look, for I, the month. We sold a big amount of oils yesterday for the Chapel Trust. You Just did? Said, yeah. Hmm. Said it, well, I said it here, so it came out there. Got it. Yeah. I mean, enough. Like, look, there's some of the oils that yield a great deal because of the way that they've changed their structure. Hey, by the way, the Permian, people are misinterpreting. People say that the Permian, there's more drilling. No, no, no. The private equity companies continue to drill because they need the cash flow. But the majors are not drilling more despite the increase. All right, but drilling is drilling. What? Drilling is drilling. I mean, what so, yeah, like the private... Tree op- is a tree is a tree? The, the private operators... Drilling. You, you seem to be making the point that there's not going to be any more oil coming out of the Permian. Exactly. It's only up very little. Okay. Now, the Russians do have some severe capacity. You wanted to stop this whole move. You, you crush oil, and then the Russians run out of money. Oh, yeah. You'd have to take it down to like $30. dollars Yeah. I know. Yeah. China still got to buy a lot. <laughs> yeah. And uh, a lot of wheat. The Chinese brokering a piece. Can you imagine if they take Kiev and then the Chinese broker a piece treat? And we're like, we're nothing. We're like not even a factor. What a disgrace. Can you imagine if they, Russia and China How just How are we rule? supposed to be a factor? I don't know. How, well, come up with it. I mean, if you I, I, say I, it's a disgrace, you got to come up with no, something. No, I'm saying that, that we didn't, the United States has offered some sanctions to banks that don't really rely on the United States. To an account, it's almost like the president thinks it's 1997. And you can just and Goldman feels does, like Vladimir Goldman Putin does, also thinks it's 1997. I no. mean, invading you know, countries. Remember Goldman does the bond deal? Yeah. The Sherlock bond deal? Yeah. Crushes Russia? Yeah. No. no. Not just. No. Long-term capital going to go out of business again? No. Okay. When genius failed. Well, uh, it's not just the U.S. Of course, uh, the EU uh, reports this morning that they're working on freezing uh, both Putin's and Lavrov's uh, assets. 
in Luxembourg. We're going to watch that. And then, of course, Dick Parsons on Squawk today talking about whether or not cyber is the next stage of this whole back and forth. Take a listen to what he said. I was talking with somebody yesterday who was comparing this to the, uh, the, the missile crisis we had back in the 60s, early 60s, um, and talking about cyber attacks as, as the missiles. Um, if we took them off SWIFT, it almost would require, and certainly you could predict, a Russian counter uh, move, which would be some sort of cyber attack on kind of U.S. institutions, not just financial institutions, but business institutions. In fact, I mean, if I was still running a business, I would be, I would, ha I would have my guys in and say, look, we got to be extra on alert for uh, for cyber um, incursions at this point in time, just based on the current uh, uh, sanctions. One of the best explanations as to why we didn't go that far yesterday on yeah, SWIFT. But CrowdStrike yesterday, George Kurtz, uh, and then Palo Alto, Cash Aurora on uh, Mad Money both said, look, we're not where we were. We're much better. We're aware. We know what their tricks were. We understand what they did uh, in Ukraine last time around. I, David, we're not naked. We're not as bad. We're, well, which is it? Are we a disgrace or we're not? No, no, we're just great in terms of being not a power to not negotiate. capable of actually we're not capable dictating of, action. That's what I'm saying. Yes. Yeah. Versus the Chinese who could come in and just call their own shots. China, North Korea, and Russia have giant armies of people trying to destroy our companies and our grid. At oh, all no times. doubt. Yeah. Well, at all times. Uh, there's a reason we focus a lot on cyber. We have we great should. reporting from Eamon almost every day. Now, it's, they are spending billions. Now, our a, companies are spending it's billions. It's a huge of issue. George Curtis, by the way, we're, pay, you know, we're playing some offense, secret offense, where we're actually not bad. Remember, it's easier to play oh, offense. We're very defense. good, but we don't play offense that no, often. No, we're playing a little offense. Are we? Y you yes. think so? No, I know. Really? You know? You, you know is they're I telling did. you? No, that's what I'm. Yeah. I do. NSA is, the NSA yes. is letting you know what they're up to? The companies. Say again? The companies. Oh, the companies are playing I don't offense. have NSA sources. Neither do I. Well, we do have Eunice Yoon, who's going to give us some guidance as to how, what kind of role China might play here over the next few days. Morning, Eunice. Morning, Carl. Well, China's foreign ministry confirmed tonight that President Putin did speak on the phone with uh, President Xi Jinping today and that the two had discussed Ukraine and uh, dis and, and uh, President Putin had told President Xi that he's willing to have high-level negotiations with Ukraine. Uh, the ministry added that uh, President Xi told Putin that he backed the Russian leader resolving the issue through negotiations and repeated uh, China's uh, long-held stance on the importance of respecting other countries' sovereignty. Now, up till now, China has shown support for Russia, refraining from calling the attack on Ukraine as an invasion. Uh, but it has also been indicating that it has a certain level of discomfort with uh, Russia's move because it does uh, breach uh, China's uh, long-held view. And what it says is important is a key principle of their foreign policy, and that is non-interference in other states' sovereignty. Also, uh, China has indicated it's uncomfortable with the, the level of uncertainty that that could bring to the economy here. Now, uh, Carl, Jim, I thought your conversation about the idea of China playing a mediator role really interesting, because for some historical context, China has offered to play mediator 
for a lot of other very difficult um, um, negotiations between the Israelis and the Palestinians, between the Afghan government and the Taliban, between India and Pal- uh, and uh, Pakistan. Uh, not all the uh, the countries have. Or, or different parties have ever t- taken China up on the offer because it's not always seen as an honest broker. And it's unclear if in this situation, uh, Ukraine would take China up on that role if it were to come to pass. And uh, Carl, that's because uh, so far China hasn't uh, has really shown that some tacit support for Russia. Um, that said, Ukraine uh, um, has China as a very important trading partner. And in fact, the two just celebrated 30 years of diplomatic relations last month. Eunice, thanks for that. Eunice. Great report. I mean, I continue to believe that if you're on the outskirts of Kyiv, why would the Russians not go, surround it, take it, and then say, listen, we want a peace treaty. Uh, We want a new government as part of that. Uh, And maybe in China kind of ratifies that, plays both sides. And then next thing you know, why, you have to say, why is the stock market rallying so furiously? Because it's not, David, as if there, cause there's going to be a full-out war this weekend. No. And I mean, listen, these sanctions are going to be in place for a long time. You'd imagine that there is going to be potential influence on energy prices for quite some period of time. Um, and also, our relationship with Russia is not going to be good for a really long time. I don't know how much that matters in terms of the stock market. Maybe not much, but it's a new Cold War, potentially. Yeah, so when Churchill talked about the Iron Curtain, we're back to an Iron Curtain. Right. And I think that... But overall, these you know, hostilities, Jim, what, what does that have to do with the price of, the, of, uh, of Snowflake? Nothing. Snowflake's yeah. been looking really good. Sure. Slootman is making its move against the rest of the cloud companies. We're going to talk about uh, some companies in a bit here, including Etsy is going to open up about 16 percent. Obviously, a slew of results to get to, including Dell uh, and Coin and Beyond Meat and a lot more as uh, we look at some of those pre-market movers and a look at the futures on this Friday. Don't go away. Every day, thousands of Comcast engineers and technologists put people at the heart of everything they create, like Olu a Comcast engineer who grew up bonding with his dad over sports. This inspired him and his team to create AI Highlights technology that uses AI and machine learning to detect the major plays in a sporting event. So millions of fans have a way of catching up on their favorite sports. Learn more at ComcastCorporation.com. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. Welcome back. Uh, In an AK this morning, Morgan Stanley confirming that the Department of Justice has requested information regarding its block trading business. This is a story that's been percolating for some time. 
Uh, credit to both the Journal and Bloomberg, who've written about it, let's call it, in the last week or two weeks, uh, Jim. But it's come up a lot in conversations oh, yeah, I've had with hedge fund managers, with others who, uh, who participate in the purchase of and or stock that is being sold in a block via a secondary sale by a Morgan Stanley or even a primary sale from the company uh, as well, uh, and Goldman Sachs and others. And I, it's funny how many people wanted to engage on this story and say, yes. have you seen this? Did you know, uh, you know that uh, Posty Poland, the guy who ran this, uh, has been put on a leave of absence since November? I've been told uh, subpoenas have gone out, quite a few of them. We'll see if it ends up as anything because it's a murky area. And the question is, you know, if you are a block trade, running block trading, are you giving a signal to your best clients of what may be coming, letting them potentially get short so that they can then cover on the issue that you do to make sure that it goes very well? Okay, so that's one aspect of it. Right. This. So what I've got, I've only talked, I've talked, you know, obviously I don't speak as much hedge funds. Right, you you okay, know this. Turners. Yeah. And Vince Turner said it is a highly unusual case given that that's what you're supposed to do. Right. You, you're supposed to try to play stock. Right. You can't expect people to just get their head slammed. So you say, listen, we got some block, a block of stocks. You're not, now, it's entirely possible you can say, well, look, no one is allowed to hedge. They just have to get their head handed to them. But typically, that's called placing. I know. That's called sort of sounding out the market and making sure that you actually can do the best job for the client. Right. And, and um, it, it's, been, it, it's been since time immemorial. I don't understand what the Justice Department is trying to accomplish here, given the fact that when you're a client or you're on syndicate desk, you are, your job is to sell the stock, but nobody's just going to buy it. Just no, like, oh, I'll take up, I'll pay some There Viacom. is a lot of pressure on these guys to not miss deals. So if you're right. Morgan Stanley, you don't want to miss another deal. You hear about a lot of different things. You know, you, it's unclear to me exactly how they go about making decisions in terms of what they actually tell people or how much signaling they can do or is appropriate, not necessarily sharing M- MNPI, uh, material non-public information, which is, right. well, this company's going to be selling $2 billion a stock or whatever, which conceivably is something you might well, okay, want to so know. Okay, so you're, you're the client. I'll quite say, listen, David, we've got, I don't know, we've got about $10 million Viacom to go. Right. Um, I, I'd like to see you buy some. Now, are you supposed to say, you know what, I'm willing to lose five million dollars for you because I love Morgan Stanley. That's not how it works. So you try to position yourself. You do. And then the idea that they're not talking to each other. Again, like what you want to do is you don't want a guy saying, I'm going to blast out of this and I hit this guy, I'm going to hit Goldman with this guy. Because you don't want coordination among the sell side or the sell side blasting all the bags. I just think that the Justice Department, look, maybe they have a piece of paper which just says, listen, we're pricing this thing at 93. You should short it at 96. You'll make three bucks. Come on and, in. And, and come then on I in. fill and, my and, book really And well. I'm only going to give that to my best guys. And that even is yeah. question. Or I'm going to make sure to get you on the next really hot IPO. Right. And they, but they need the smoking gun. That's still murky. I don't know it's where the law murky. is on that. I, I just think they're trying to create law. I think that's they want to do that. There's other ways to do it. Maybe yeah. a rulemaking business rather than a... A criminal investigation? Solomon had nothing to say about this, right, when you talked to him earlier this week? Because Goldman also conceivably is... Okay, I'm going to candidly admit that I did not ask him. That's that was right. my there, bad. You know what? There's no, a lot. I should have asked him. Nah, there's lots to ask. There's a lot, plenty. Did a lot of other stuff. Yeah, exactly. Plenty more to ask. You got but lots of other stuff. Bears watching. Glad we yeah. could talk about it a bit. Yeah. I didn't NSA. I screwed up with the NSA and Goldman. <laughs> We're not we mad. We're just very disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of justice, we might get a new uh, SCOTUS nominee today. We'll talk more about that after the break, along with Kramer's Mad Dash in a minute.
People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation. Or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration. Our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. I think we've seen an indiscriminate pullback across all of the pandemic stocks. And I think the, the market is maybe scared of uh, whether all of the pandemic gains are going to dissipate. And uh, so it's going to take some time for the market to sort out winners from losers. That was Josh Silverman, uh, FC CEO, which leads us right into your mad dash. That was a brilliant interview because that was exactly what's happened indiscriminate selling. Etsy turned out to be what I call a secular winner during this period, uh, along with Airbnb. Why? Because it turned out that the transaction fees they were able to raise, they can take price, go to five to six and a half percent. The e-commerce journey, they're the first place to go. Forty-four percent is now overseas. I like that. Uh, locked Noticeable deceleration in February. Got to be careful there, but still up year over year. And that's despite the end of the lockdown stimulus, as he calls it. Uh, Kathy Wood sold 41,000 last night before this great work. Okay. Um, and to his point, it was a 50 or more uh, point decline right. over a period of, let's call it, less than six weeks. But they all went down. Shopify signaled that maybe e-commerce is weaker. A lot of companies said e-commerce is not as strong. We know that. This is one where the e-commerce is accelerating. Etsy is a secular winner. And I have to tell you, they're going after men now. It's been largely women. They just have so many cohorts that they're just beginning to do. Josh is a wonder person in terms of his vision and what he's trying to do. And I have to tell you, I think it's a buy even up here. Okay. Uh, well, you can see, obviously, it is going to be up sharply today. we got a lot more stocks to watch this morning. Of course, we've got earnings from Dell. That's going to be down. I'm going to be talking a bit about Zendesk, that monster quarter, that potential deal with Constellation, HTA. I mean, don't go anywhere. What's that? Yeah, I got a little bit. A little bit of insight. All right. It goes a long way. We're back after this. I've talked to a lot of banks recently, a lot of senior executives, uh, and they're concerned. They're very concerned about what might happen here. And and they should be, because when you think about uh, some of the collateral damage that might take place from these, we call them wiper uh, viruses, which are designed to basically wipe a system. Um, when we think about cyber, there, it has no boundaries for collateral damage. That's CrowdStrike's George Kurtz talking to Jim last night uh, and referring to bankers' fears about cyber. Jamie Dimon's long said it's his number one worry. Well, they ought to spend more money then. I mean, I think that the crucial thing is to spend money, you have to throw money at it. Now, he said he's talking to bank executives, CEOs, it's no longer just the CIO level. Uh, what I thought was interesting at one point, when you talk with them, it's clear that if the United States were to play hardball and attack, then there's going to be blowback. Uh, are we ready? I think we're better than we used to be. But at the same time, George is saying 
that this is a uniquely two-front war, military war against uh, Ukrainian soldiers and people, and then Russian war against our banks and grid if the United States plays too much hardball. And but once again, you just keep hearing, like, are we, are we like a pitiful, helpless giant in the face of the Russians? It always seems like it now. Well, we, we have a line. It's called Article 5, and it means if one of our NATO partners does get attacked with guns or cyber, then we'll, then we'll step in. Hasn't happened yet. No, it hasn't. Although, there's, as I mentioned to David earlier, there's uh, offense being played. It's so much easier to play offense than defense, as, uh, uh, as Nikesh Aurora from Palo Alto talked about. Palo Alto up $60 yesterday, showing me that, once again, the phone calls that are being made are just to buy wow. whatever they have. Wow. And, and I think, David, remember that the work at home gave them a whole new way to get the bad guys, a whole new way to get in. Mm-hmm. Work from home was a something that was not uh, planned, obviously. And so now you need uh, zero trust identification, which is another way that people have to get worried about it. And yet Zscaler reported a number that wasn't good enough for Wall Street last night, which is a zero. Zero trust. Um, well, after the bell, we'll talk about Dell as well, uh, Carl, because the response to that number is not particularly good either. That is the opening bell on what's been a holiday-shortened week, but it certainly felt like a long one. At the big board, life sciences company Biorad celebrating its 70th anniversary, and at the NASDAQ, it's Kinetic, a provider of midstream logistics and pipeline transport services. Uh, as Brett fills in there, a little more green than red today. Jim, uh, Etsy might be a winner here. Yes. EBITDA is ahead. Revenue's ahead. The guide was a little light, but market doesn't seem to mind. No, they look, they have five million small businesses that are now involved. And so, as someone who has used Etsy in a business way, what's really incredible that, that what I think people don't understand, the reason why this is a, such a loved company is because they are, you can buy things that you can't get elsewhere. I mean, not on the mall. I mean, for instance, when uh, uh, Lisa, when my wife's bar needed actual uh, pipes to bring in beer, they don't make them here. They make them in Germany. So where would somebody get something that's made in Germany? You go to Etsy. Etsy's a commercial platform. And people keep thinking that it is just, let's buy cufflinks. No, it's a commercial platform. If you want aprons that are stitched with your name, we don't make the, we don't make a lot of stuff here that's proprietary. But around the world, that's why I think that, that I, I really think if I have one criticism, Josh, you didn't talk about enough about how it is a uh, business-to-business platform, too. Uh, maybe the market also likes hiking their transaction fee. They sure do. 6-5. Yeah. Look, they were a hero. Last night, uh, now uh, Block, Square, was a hero. And there, I think it's just this cash app. I mean, there really is this war, uh, I think, ultimately between uh, American Express wow. and Block. Look at that. Because Moving what's happened is, is that cash app... Is for Gen Z, and then when we yeah. get to be older, they switch to the American Express card. Steve Squeary done a remarkable job. But again, I look at a stock like Block and I say, that's been crushed. And yet we sit here and we think maybe it could be a bear market. If you own Block, it's been, it's it's you're a blockhead. You you you've, <laughs> been, you've been it's you've been, been nothing but down. I mean that thing, yeah. Look, yeah. I mean, well, it's like AMC. George speaks for itself. There's a note today. AMC reiterates sale. Uh, was Wedbush, and you know they talk about how they're going still have going to have money after the quarter. They will have money, even though they have a gigantic EBITDA loss. And I was thinking, well, the apes who like it are still very excited about paying for popcorn with Ethereum. So they're not going to be 
daunted from buying AMC? No, uh, there's a look at AMC. Uh, what about Dell? Anybody going to be daunted? We actually got an upgrade, strangely, from Bernstein. No, this no, morning. not strangely, because Dell, and you okay. read, the, read the Katie Uber note from Morgan Stanley, yeah. it was almost entire this stock's. They have nice dividend now. It yields uh, 2.5%. Well, it, in many ways, almost, it is a capital return story. Yes. There's also some belief that they're going to change their, um, their or eliminate their supermajority voting share structure. Oh, well, that'd be good. Which would then qualify them well, for inclusion in indexes demand as well. Is, demand is very catalyst. strong. It was a supply well, problem. Well, then what happened here? Supply problem. They okay. couldn't get any of the parts. That they, well, they, had, they struggled to get the parts. And a lot of companies, one of the great uh, stories of this quarter is, did you have to air... Air, air freight, air freight versus boat freight. And as bad as boat freight is, air freight's even worse. Right. I want to take the other side of the Delta when it gets to 48, because then you're starting to almost get into like a 3% yield because of this dividend. And also because, David, you know who runs Dell? Uh, Michael Dell. And he's good. Oh, yes. He's relentless. He is relentless. Yes. He's relentless. Greg Lemkow, by the way, works for MSD. Yes, Greg Lemkow works in the private side of their business. I talked to, to, I chatted with Dave Selma whether they took back uh, the um, vested stock of Greg Lemkow. Oh. It's not really clear that they did that. Okay. Speaking of capital return, I know you tweeted yesterday about AMD's buyback. Yes! And you couple it with Moderna this week, eBay, Macy's, Dropbox, Cisco, Pepsi. People uh, are getting the boy Pepsi cup fall, fell apart because they have 15,000 people in Russia. And people forgot that they made a real commitment to Russia. Yeah. Advanced Micro, Lisa Sue, it CEO. It, she is not, she's not one of those people who announces a buyback and then doesn't buy it back. She stands there. So uh, let me just inform people who are selling AMD right now. You're probably selling a lot of it to Lisa Sue. Queens is own. It's <laughs> a matter of flushing. I know where she's from. Yeah? What, yeah, I know that borough pretty well. 157, Lisa Sue. Oh, there's plenty of us. Yeah. Carl Icahn. Oh, we go Barbara away. Barbara No, she was from no, Brooklyn. No, she's from, she's she's from, from Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Yeah. She's from Brooklyn. All right. <laughs> guy from Philadelphia doesn't know what's going on. Anyhow. I know. I, I went to the star, the, the, the Hall of Fame stars in Brooklyn. You did? Yeah, yeah okay. we have stars. Um, I have no idea where the guys who founded Monster are from, uh, but uh, that stock is also up 7%. Where's Constellation located? Yeah. Constellation's up in... Uh, Upstate New no York. One can, no one can beat you, Rochester. Yeah, upstate New no, York. No one can beat him. Um, and, and I'm glad you mentioned it. Monster shares are up. Now, the report of the quarter, fine. Um, Don't tell me you're going to float that constellation to buy Monster well, story. Jim, I mean, it's been reported and not refuted. It's been reported by Bloomberg a number of times, of course, and in fact, even saying they're getting closer to a deal. There are a lot of shareholders, I will tell you, throw their hands up say they don't fully get it. Monster has a higher multiple. What exactly would they be getting by doing an MOE? Because really, Constellation and Monster are similar sizes. Uh, I will tell you that uh, people with some knowledge of what is going on or with knowledge of going on indicated to me that the founders do believe that diversifying the product offering would be a positive. But you're telling me that Quincy from Coca-Cola w- would let them do that? Well, that's a great question. Coca-Cola is a 19% holder in Monster, and clearly it would have a lot of influence here. Either would it potentially make a bid for Monster itself is one question. Very much unclear whether that would be the case, but certainly it would hold a lot of power here. Let's say you were to do a deal that required a vote, for example. They have an important vote here because you might have a lot of monster shareholders questioning what you're doing, given that a number of people I've spoken to think if you print a deal like that, it's down 10 percent on Constellation stock price day one. Um, Coca-Cola has a great, uh, really great partnership with Coors to make 
Topo Chico but they, uh, alcohol to The bottling is an important... did the same thing with Monster. But they, would and, they move the bottling to Constellation if that deal were to happen between Constellation and Monster? That would be a bad thing for Coke, wouldn't it? Potentially. Yes. They'd sell funny. their stock as well. Yes, it's not so, great for Coke. Unclear. And I like Quincy. I think it's more fill. Yeah, unclear. The only thing but I will tell you is... people are buying into it. They are buying into it. Uh, and again, it hasn't been... Constellation you know, has I was surprised. Flow. The only thing I also was told is things are moving a bit slower than had been implied by the Bloomberg story of a few days back. But it does appear that they are engaged in that talking about this. That is very interesting, this, David, because Constellation Jim. would like very much to be able to have cannabis suffused drinks. No one's been able to make them taste good so far. Uh, they haven't. <laughs> oh, I, I know. think Coke doesn't want anything to good. do with that. It's not a delivery now, system. There's also pot. stories like that both the plane, the, the plane from uh, Constellation and the and Monsters plane have both been in Atlanta, and everybody thinks, oh, oh God, they must the be, they thing? must be talking to, yeah, they well, must look, be talking I mean, to Coke. It, look, I have we'll to see. tell you, the Constellation would love to be able to move into a liquor-infused energy drink. Now, everyone's infusing e- liquor with you know, ever since Truly and White Claw. Remember White Claw? Yes, yes, I do. Um, Well, young people still take White Claw and they still drink Truly, but Boston Beer's numbers have just been suboptimal. Yes, they have. But Constellation has brought into that business. Look, I don't know. I I know that James Quincy, I think, would like to torpedo that. James Quincy is very big into liquor and uh, Mexican club soda, so to speak, Topo Chico, which costs a fortune. So they don't want another competitor yet. They'd be creating another competitor. Um, guys, I want to talk as well in the M&A world about Zendesk, this deal with Momentum. With, uh, we haven't seen an announcement no, yet, um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be voted down. That is not a surprise. In fact, the only real question was, will Momentum shareholders also potentially vote uh, against? Unclear that that would have been the case. This was a deal that was announced back in uh, October. Uh, 1028, uh, 2021, it called for uh, 0.225 shares of Zendesk. And almost immediately, shareholders of Zendesk started questioning some of the judgment there. Um, they had issues with the strategic rationale for it, with the use of the equity there that they felt was already at a discounted price, uh, whether the synergies would be real. Just many, many questions. And as you can see, uh, the stock went down very quickly. It has rebounded since it's become quite apparent that it was going to be rejected. And that is what I've heard as well, although we have yet to hear a formal announcement from the company. Uh, but that will free Zendesk up. And it will free it up to potentially, well, deal with the proxy fight that's coming from Jana. They're going after four directors. And also this idea that potentially the company could actually get sold. Remember, it was only a few weeks back that Zendesk actually, on the 10th of February, rejected an unsolicited non-binding acquisition proposal from what they said was a consortium of private equity firms. They, in fact, even gave us the price, 127 to 132. They said, no, no, thank you, not interested. There's also been some talk about strategics and whether they would be there, whether this would be a way to outrun a potential proxy fight here. Remember, you don't have an annual meeting date set yet, I don't believe, but let's call it the spring for directors. Maybe you sell the company, you avert that fight. All that being said, there were plenty of directors who were in favor of doing this momentum deal. Uh, And in fact, one of them is actually already involved in the fight, and that is this gentleman, Carl Bass. He's the lead director here uh, at uh, at Zendesk. And I'm um, uh, aware of certain correspondence that took place, guys, that I found kind of curious on the part of Mr. Bass. He was uh, into it when he was running Autodesk. Yeah. He got into it with the uh, with the uh, activists. And maybe he's got some bad memories. But my friend Ken Squire, who writes uh, a column for CNBC.com, he's a contributor, 13D Monitor, of course, 
wrote a story uh, back on December 4th. There it is, saying, you know what, this is what Jan is thinking. This is how people are thinking about the momentum deal. And this is sort of where, where things stand right now. I share this because I think it's relevant. Mr. Bass didn't like that column. Sent uh, Ken an email that Ken shared with me. It said the following. I just read your latest opinion piece. And uh, since you're a lying piece of... Huh? Yeah. Lying piece of like, excrement. It's, it's really like, a good thing for you sale? that the SEC doesn't hold you to the same standards as it does corporate executives and directors. Just goes to show that people do get emotional in these kinds of situations. That's, that's the lead director of Zendesk sending that in an email to... Ken Squire, who shared it with me, it shows you how That's emotional this can get. So um, I thought that was irrelevant, as, of course, Mr. Bass will be one of the directors that Janet is challenging uh, and, of course, is one of the keys in deciding whether this company will be open to overtures if they should be forthcoming from either other private equity firms and or other strategics. I would add one thing on the strategic front, Jim. Adobe's name had been batted about really? a bit. Not oh true. God, not uh, not just. I was going to say that's yeah. that's a lot. Not going to happen. They are focused on large enterprises. Zendesk, with its uh, its focus, is not smaller, but smaller and medium sized. Right. What I've heard from people who are familiar with Shantan is thinking, no, not interested. Yeah. Um, Ryan, excellent CEO. We're still waiting to hear from Zendesk right now, of course, in terms of what the plan is. Uh, I would say that uh, Jana, for its part, took the opportunity this morning to reiterate they believe a, rea- a rejection of the proposed momentum acquisition would be a huge win for Zendesk shareholders, a repudiation of Zendesk's board, and a strong indication that Zendesk either requires significant board change or should be sold. Well, then maybe they ought to look at Live Person or Everbridge. Those are two, uh, rich soft, enterprise software. We got a lot of those. Live person helps you be able to communicate. And those are being crushed. Those could be interesting opportunities. Interesting. Meantime, you got a 1% rally here on the Dow after yesterday's reversal, and you got oil below 92. Yeah. Let's get to our Kayla Tausche, who has some news on that. Morning, Kayla. Good morning, Carl. Well, a lot of the drop in the oil market in the last 24 hours or so comes on the back of the Biden administration's decision not to sanction Russian energy exports, even as a decision by the European Council uh, has included the energy sector in its sanctions. We're still awaiting some details there, but just a few moments ago, I spoke first on CNBC to Amos Hochstein, who is the State Department's senior advisor for energy security. Essentially, he's leading the negotiations with the U.S.'s global partners around the world about what energy supply looks like and what actions should be taken. And he just told me that so far after the Russian invasion, there has been no disruption in supply. Listen. So, so far, resulting from the invasion of Russia to Ukraine, there has been no disruption of oil supply. Uh, there, are also, there is also almost no infrastructure for the global energy trade uh, on oil that goes through Ukraine. So I think we're pretty confident that the, there will be no disruption uh, in oil supplies directly resulting from the invasion into Ukraine. He says the U.S. has been successful in increasing the LNG that has been arriving in Europe. He also says where oil is concerned that he expects prices to continue falling to the levels that they were several weeks ago as the market starts to digest the fact that uh, there are unlikely to be not only uh, no disruptions to supply, but also uh, uh, no decision by the U.S. to sanction energy 
and additional actions to potentially shore up the amount of oil that's on the market. To that end, he said that there is going to be an emergency meeting of the governing board of the International Energy Agency. That's happening today. He said that at that meeting, there will be a discussion about potential reserve releases and coordinated actions uh, that member countries can take to try to increase their energy supply. A decision won't be made today, he said, uh, but that certainly uh, will go a long way to alleviate the market if it happens in the future, Carl. Uh, we're going to watch the prices, uh, but that's uh, very apropos, Kayla. Thank you uh, for that. Jim, one thing that we're getting to get a better look at uh, these days are tanker trackers who are watching the flow of ships out of Russia to wherever, sometimes the U.S. Will they make U-turns or not? That's going to be a focus for the investors in the next few days. Well, I do think that oil is very fungible. People have to remember that. But liquefied natural gas is not as fungible. And it's, when you look at oil, I mean, obviously... It's in our interest to have lower oil prices because the Russians are financing a war via oil. Uh, But we all do know that the tactical mistake or positive situation for the Greens to make it so that they phased out virtually every form of carbon energy is crushing Germany. Uh, I had Nick Akins on last night, who is the CEO of the largest transmission company in this country, American Electric Power, who was aghast about what they did, just aghast that they left no uh, baseload. They literally made it so there's no and nothing to fall. But the lights won't go on without the Russians. And that that was something that the Greens wanted to happen. Well, the Greens also wanted nuclear uh, to be decommissioned, and that's been a key part of this as well, because that's not carbon intensive at all. But there are other concerns. I mean, Nick Higgins was talking about small form factor nuclear because of the overruns that they had in Southern. He says they're not going to be able to build a big nuclear here. No. Well, uh, Michael Sambalist of JPM, who I know you read a lot, did a chart this week about just going back 30 years on European exploration and production versus reliance on Russian exports. It's been going on for a long, long time. Well, I think, remember, Angela Merkel had a great relationship with Russia, spoke Russian fluently from East Germany, really had, I mean, when I say great, meaning mutual respect where uh, obviously Putin has just total disrespect for our democracy. And, and a freshman uh, chancellor in Germany takes yes. advantage of that. Yeah, yes. who I, well, I think they're trying to figure out how to keep the lights on. Um, one thing we haven't mentioned, guys, is um, the reopening trade, which is pretty stable today. Uh, we haven't yet mentioned that the CDC is reported to drop mass guidance in the coming days. I mean, people have moved on to a large degree, right. but it they would be a moment. Yeah. I don't know. I walk the streets of Manhattan still, and so many people outside are wearing masks still. I, I, well, I, it's I, I, I don't. I, I want to interview each one of them individually and ask them what they think their risk profile is that they need to wear a mask outside now, but I don't was. do that. It's always viral. To each his own. But, uh, but the CDC now at least going to say, yeah, you don't necessarily need to indoors in a lot of places. Even New York City schools are going to let the kids wear them, February's, not wear masks outdoors. Imagine Fe- that. February spend numbers on services so Trump. February spend numbers on goods. February spend numbers on services are really taking out 2019, much better than 2019. So look out. I mean, this is one of the things that Jay's got to, Jay, Jay's got to worry about. This is a spend, a spend factor. Well, we just got personal spending oh, how up, was up to one. Month on month, that's the best in a year, there almost a year. I mean, Jay has got to be like, could you just give me a break, somebody? Somebody give me a I will. Jay, I love you. How's it? He's just got it coming from all, all places. Well, it's huh? just not coming together for Jay. It's not. It's not coming. Well, he hasn't started raising rates yet. Well, you, he's or, still buying bonds. Or he hasn't started tapering the balance sheet yet. He's buying bonds. Why are they still buying bonds? Because they're ill-advised. How could? Yeah. Well, I... Nothing's keeping you from being at the Federal Reserve. 
I'm not stopping you. <laughs> no. Other than that, Alfred. Except a complete lack of any knowledge uh, that <laughs> would be interest. any or interest. That you would dress happen. in the dark? I often do, yes. Thank yeah, you. You for, don't like blue and black? Thank works? you for sharing. There's no black here. It's Jesus, just blue. Now I know where oh, all the oil's going. Blue and really dark blue. This is yeah. why we have an oil problem. Guys, you know, I'm just trying to do a little something different here at the end of the desk, get all right? Through, I mean, you guys day. are 1997. I saw a guy with a button-down shirt. Can you imagine? <laughs> oh, that's terrible. Why don't you, you know, kind of pocket Guys, we're um, just about 40 points shy of going green for the week on the S&P. Let's get to Bob Passani. Hey, Bob. (laughs) Hi, guys. Good morning. David's always hip. I don't care what you say. Listen, we're just near the highs of the day. Important things, the VIX back below 30. That's the level a lot of people start paying attention to it. Look at the sectors. Uh, sort of a reverse of yesterday. Remember, banks uh, were a major problem yesterday for the Dow. Uh, J.P. Morgan, Goldman, in fact, financials, Visa, the credit cards, the insurance companies like Travelers, all that's reversed today. Uh, remember the 10-year yield, 185 yesterday. It was touched to 2.0 today, off of that a little bit, uh, energy, situ- similar situation, reversal, down a little bit yesterday, of course, on sanctions, not real sanctions being imposed on any of the energy exports, uh, energy down, a little bit up today. We had some new lows in industrials yesterday, like Caterpillar and 3M, they're bouncing. Tech rallied yesterday, of course, uh, and today it's down. Take a look at some of the mega cap tech, and of course, remember something, we had some big declines at the open. Apple was 152 at the open on yesterday. Uh, that was the lowest level since going back to November. Uh, they were all bouncing, of course, on some hopes, perhaps the Fed might be a little less aggressive. Here you see them modestly to the downside, not by much. Market issues, there's really two. This is the ones that people are talking about. Number one, uh, how much impact might there be from any additional sanctions uh, that are out there? We there can be very creative on this, obviously, but we don't know. So far, what we see is not having a huge impact economically. And now, of course, you look around, you see what else is going on. The existing sanctions are limiting the economic impact. Now people are turning to the Fed again. Uh, is it more or less likely they're going to hike aggressively? Uh, most people feel 50 basis points less likely, but 25 for the next four or five sessions, at least meetings, uh, is probably the way we're going to go. And the market seems comfortable with that. So the issues now is do we get any more uh, disruption to energy supplies at this point? If the answer is no, we move on. Did you see uh, what happened with Occidental's report yesterday? Uh, they were re- mistakenly released during the day, but they had amazing numbers. I mean, they're just bringing in oceans of money. Uh, at this point, record, record free cash flow. The average sale of their oil was $75 a barrel. They're going to do a lot better, all of these companies, this quarter in their sales. And they're attacking this whole cash flow problem with, with, on three fronts. They're dramatically reducing their debt levels. They've got a dividend. They never did. It was one cent. Now it's 13 cents. They've got a real dividend now. And they've initiated another big buyback program. They've just got oceans of cash, and you're going to see this for a while. Uh, Occidental, of course, was like all these companies. They've driven the price up 30%. Take a look at Occidental prices up 30%, essentially, uh, year to date. But it's topped out. It topped out just as the Russian crisis, the Ukraine crisis, excuse me, uh, began here. So it's a question how much more you're going to push the prices up. But boy, there is just oceans of cash coming in to these companies. Finally, I just want to note something uh, from Carvana. Remember, we've been complaining about the high prices, the high used car prices. Did you see what Carvana said yesterday? High used vehicle prices have a significant impact on industry-wide used vehicle sales since higher prices reduce affordability, leading some buyers to forego or delay their purchases. I think, Carl, this is fantastic news. This is what we call demand destruction. This is the first step in trying to break the back of persistently high inflation and spiral this inflationary spiral of increased prices. 
buyers have to just say, I'm sorry, no. I can't afford it. I don't want it. I'll walk away. Maybe we could have some demand destruction with hotel prices, too. I complained about them and affordable vacations. Maybe we'll get some of that, too. Carl, back to you. All right. Yeah. We well, didn't even mention their uh, buying of the physical auction business. I know. A bit of a Carl, business strategy really shift. Interesting. Yeah. They're a very smart company. Very smart. Bob, shorted. Uh, Bob Bassani. Take a break here. Uh, holding on to a gain of about 215 points. To go green for the week on the S&P, you need 43.48. We're a bit shy. Watching Treasuries as well, 10-year just south of 2% uh, this morning. And the VIX, 29 and a third. We're back in a moment. Time now for Jim and Stop Trading. Don't forget, this is my daughter reminds me that if you go on Etsy, there are incredible art. Made all the things made by people in Kiev uh, on Etsy and great woodwork, great metalwork. Maybe there's not ways to, a lot of ways to support these terrific people, yep. but go to Etsy and do that. Um, Foot Locker is very disappointing last night. Uh, they The guidance was miserable. Plus, it looks like that uh, Nike may be cutting them off a little. They did a, give you a dividend boost and a buyback, oh. but it doesn't matter. Whoa. Yeah, but, you, don't think but, it's, you don't think it's a proxy for the consumer here? Uh, no, no. It's a, the, the problem is Foot Locker. But people may, may, they absolutely may extrapolate, but it would be a mistake to do that. The problem is with, it's not like this, it's, the problem's not in the stars. The problem is themselves. Right. Quote the barn, you know. Understood. Uh, and then tonight I've got Barrick, who I think is going to say that perhaps gold is a better store of value than, than Bitcoin during this period. And Jay Shaudry, please don't look at where the stock is because it's going to burn your eyes, uh, even though they put an inline number. Mark Bristow famously called me a sissy for not wanting to work at his company. Don't worry, did it on air. You have a series of executives who have insulted you in one way or another. Yeah, they just come by and yeah. they're like, they should do it on the mention. He never call. forgets, though. Never forget. No. No, they no, don't no. have a show. No, revenge is best yeah. uh, dish, best served cold, right? Oh, yeah. my God, mm-hmm. yes. And with a, Kia, a nice Chianti. <laughs> we'll see you tonight, Jim. Uh, Mad Money, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Imagine earning a degree that prepares you with real skills for the real world. Capella University's programs teach skills relevant to your career so you can apply what you learn right away. Learn how Capella can make a difference in your life at capella.edu.